what people think women are supposed to be just squash that thought process because it's person to person, it's situation to situation. Mm -hmm. And what we have to do is be respectful. That's a fact. But I don't have to shrink myself to make you feel comfortable. Not in business, not in friendship, not in romance. And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast. That's good. Where we have dope conversations about dope things, business, all things business related, and we talk about some pretty dope people. I am Donnie Wiggins, and this is David. You guys know him. Dave, how are you doing this week? I'm awesome. This episode is sponsored by all women <laughs> from all across the country who don't get a fair shake in business. So that's the conversation we're going to have today because I need to understand it. But I'm thinking that, okay, so that's why you started. You, you actually took charge. I took leadership. You, leadership. This is good leadership. That's great leadership. This is great leadership. So, um, but to answer your question, because you're going to be the, um, you're going to be the leader of this episode? You're allowing me to be? Is that where we're going with this? Is that is it, it's going to be like this the whole episode? <laughs> All right, so anyway, yes, my week was awesome. <laughs> I, um, what did I do? Uh, we went to uh, a concert a couple weeks ago. It was, okay. And what? Go ahead. Yeah. It was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we went to a concert a couple weeks ago. And, um, what did I wear? I How wore... was that experience? At it the was concert? dope. It was, it was nice. You had good tickets? Good seats? I mean, a tricky ticket. Tricky tickets. <laughs> 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 tricky tickets. Yo, tickets was tricky. But it, worked, it worked out well. We're not going there, Donnie. What was that experience like? It was cool, man. Got to meet um, Amarion and Bow Wow. Mm-hmm. And my man Speck was there. We got to see... Uh, we got to see Spectacular. So mm-hmm. it was good, man. All the Playmakers was up there. I had so much fun. Did you? Oh, I had a really good time. That's what's up. No, I had a really good time. Mm-hmm. It was a little tricky getting in. Um, we're not doing We're not doing that right now, Donnie. No, 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 no. I was just saying it was tricky getting in. The walk, you know, took a long time because it took a little longer to get up into the VIP area. It was a really great... But, it, but the plug hooked us up. The plug so. definitely hooked us up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, but anyway. Ran off on the plug twice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really, really dope, man. Also, something happened. Oh, so let me tell you. I was, and did I talk about this already? No. Okay, so I was having uh, anxiety about high ticket sales. Mm. And um, you, you helped me out with that. You helped me to get more comfortable because there's two, there's two things to, 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 to consider, right? Mm-hmm. One is, I, anyway, I, I, we, we, we got through it anyway. No, but anyway. Tell, walk us through transparently what you were feeling. Well, I was feeling that I don't want to be the internet marketer that makes a lot of money from Programs and courses. Okay. Sounds stupid. I don't want to make a lot of money from selling courses and programs and services online. I don't want to be a high, 
I don't, I don't know. It was just, I don't, I didn't want the stigma of high ticket seller person. Mm. So what would you like to make a whole lot of money doing? I know, I know. It's, it, it was my whole, it, I, w- I want to make a whole lot of money teaching what I teach. But there's a stigma around high ticket coaches and that they're maybe not ethical and stuff like that. Now, I, nobody's ever going to, I can't say nobody. I can't say nobody because there's always somebody who has something negative to say, even about the dollar trial of the, of the morning meetup. Mm-hmm. So I blo- first off, I blocked a bunch of people this week. Really? Here's why. Um, for one, this person hit me up and was like, yo, I got charged for three months of the morning meetup and I need the money back because I wasn't on the calls. What? What are you talking about? So, yeah, I, I got charged three months and I, I'm in a tight situation. I need the money back. I didn't get a chance to get on the calls. So, I'm like, I just, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And then he mentioned something about, yeah, I know you said something about chargeback. So, I, no, this is a whole other situation. Anyway, I was like, all right, Jen, look into this real quick. And she said, yo, for one, he only got charged twice. And two, um, we canceled his membership already because he already asked. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, so now you're trying to get over. So I DM'd him. I replied back, like, yo, um, we realized that you didn't, you uh, you were in for two months and you're trying to get three months back, but my team already handled it. So you're trying to reach out and you're trying to get over. So congratulations. I'm blocking you from ever joining any of my, my products or services again or the morning meetup. So I just blocked them. Another person, second story. His dollar, his, he said, yo, I did the dollar trial. And I didn't get it. I didn't, I wanted to cancel it. So I need my $79 back. Because after the seven days, you get charged for the service, $79. So I'm like, I'm trying to understand your request because his request was real weird. Mm -hmm. But I hit up Jen again. I'm like, okay, let's check out this person. Let's see what's going on. What happened was my man did a dollar trial on this day, then did a dollar trial on the next day. (laughs) He tried to do two dollar trials. Mm -hmm. The first dollar trial expired and it charged him $79. And he's thinking he got another dollar trial coming up, so he got an extra day. Mad weird, right? So I, I said, yo, bro, for one, if you don't cancel it, it charges you. It is, it's, that's what it does. That's what it says. But then we just realized that you tried to game the system. You tried to get $2 trials. So we're going to refund you both dollars and refund you the $79. And I'm blocking you from everything. From Like, you can never join the morning meetup. And I'm just blocking you from Instagram. He's like, whoa, whoa, no problem. Nah, nah, don't do that, man. I just, I'm cool. No. No. Bro, you're trying to get over. So no matter if it's a dollar or a $50,000 program, People always, in the way he said it, it was real smirky. He was like, yo, you said something about you don't want to get charged back for a dollar, so you definitely don't want me to charge back your $79. Where? Oh. You're blocked, bro, forever. Is that forever. a threat? <laughs> forever. Because people don't understand, when you, when you like, do a chargeback, it affects my ability to build my business because yeah. the system sees it as, 
oh, this company is not legit, so we're not going to deliver their emails. Like, you get a high risk. And you, I could lose my payment processor from people doing chargebacks from mm-hmm. stupid stuff. And I'm providing the service every time. So fast forward. Um, there's a higher ticket uh, program that I have, and I was feeling some type of way because I think I'm so used to dealing with dollar trial mindsets mm-hmm. that it's rubbing off on me. Mm-hmm. And you helped me out there. Yeah. What What was the What made the difference for you? What you mean? How to help? Um, just a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Just a different perspective. Um, understanding that one, the service that I provide is worth two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and I'm only charging uh thirty five thousand for it, and that um I'm doing the right I'm doing right by people. You know, um, I think this is important because there are so many people, uh, there's two sides to that coin. Some people are the person who thinks that it's a bad thing for us to make money off of, or a lot of money off of courses. As long as our courses are $30, it's a great thing. It's awesome. But the moment- the people's champ. The moment the course is $1,300 or $3,000, everything you stand for is a scam. Well, the information is the same. (laughs) So now the price tag is different. So there's a couple of things. Number one, if you are selling high ticket, you need to just be sure that your strategy works, Mm -hmm. your blueprint works. For sure. Have you proven the model? Now, here's where it gets scammy. I have a client that I'm working with right now that came to me to help him in one facet of his existing business. A month or so into us working on that business, he decided, Donnie, I hate this business. He had already come to me with this business. Donnie, I hate this business. Um, this is this is something, you know, and he gave me another idea. This is what I'm really passionate about. I just hadn't had time because I've been so busy with my existing business to really branch off into this business. And I said, okay, we'll shift gears. Mm. Well, he did shift gears and he's so excited about this new thing. He completely shut down the existing business because it's so stressful for him. Switch gears, but I'm not going to let you put out a course about it now. (laughs) I'm not about to let you start offering services about it now. You need to go and learn more and implement this, not just in your own business or not just for yourself, but for a couple of other people. So we're going to work together through the process of you learning this and executing it and finding something that works. And then because what he can offer can be for very beginner-based CEOs or for high level, you're starting at the beginning. So I want you to go out and learn how to master a particular thing because you only need to know more than the person who's paying you. Mm. Ooh, that's a law. Mm-hmm, that's a law, right? Say that one more time. You only need to know more than the person who's paying you. That's good. People will pay you for your services for two reasons. Number one, because you know more than them. Number two, because you have more time than them to do it. So you either need to be more versed in information or more available in time, period. Cut short me to the information or save me some time. That's good. And so, uh, you know, it's going on a month now that he's been working in this new idea. And I talked to him just yesterday and I'm like, you're still not ready. I will not co-sign you putting out anything high ticket until you have actually accumulated experience that we can prove and duplicate over and over and over again. So he gets it. He understands. 
when he does this, he's done the work. Now he's invested thousands of dollars in this education. He's going to be giving his services away for free in the beginning. He's going to pay the dues. So whatever we decide that he can charge, he will have earned it. Mm -hmm. People like you and I have been, I mean, just this year alone, you've invested like $125,000 in furthering developing yourself as a businessman. Mm -hmm. I've invested about $70,000 in doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. I deserve what I asked for. Why? Because while you may pay me $2,000 for a program, you would never have paid $70,000. Yeah. So everything that I know with this $70,000 information now, you now get to benefit for get to benefit from at 2000 mm -hmm. That is a fair exchange. People pay to go to college. Many people who didn't go to college didn't go to college because they couldn't afford it. Many people who, I know many of my classmates didn't go. And the reason that they didn't go wasn't because they realized at that time college was a scam, mm -hmm. but it was because they couldn't afford it. But if they had the ability to afford it, they would have gone because that just seemed like the next level of your life's progression. Yeah. Sure. And you end up paying $60,000, $100,000, $250,000, and sometimes more. I am a person who dropped out of college because I saw that it wasn't for me. I didn't like the people, I didn't like the real life of the people who were painting the big imaginary pictures for me. You didn't do a chargeback? I didn't do a chargeback. On the university? I didn't charge back the university. <laughs> but let me tell you what I did do. Even though I didn't see it as a fit for me, I later now have sent my daughter to college. Mm. And I believe with everything in me but that that girl is going to do absolutely nothing with her degree. Mm. With everything in me. But what I'm not going to... And I pay cash. Mm. I'm not going to charge those people back. Subtle flex. She, <laughs> she chose college and I chose to allow her to go. She went. She went to the courses. She's doing very well. She studied the product. She, she asked questions to the professor. They earned whatever it was we committed to paying to. Mm -hmm. But then you'll turn around and call, call what we do is the professors who are teaching in a college setting, who are teaching you about your business marketing, who are teaching you about your business management, many of them have never managed a business or marketed a thing. You know what I realized, they're too? they're That they're teaching out of a book and the writers of the book have never. <laughs> These are a whole lot of people who have That's done crazy. a whole lot of research. They've done a whole lot of research, but they've executed nothing. Mm -hmm. And we don't see a problem with this. We don't have an issue paying them. We don't have an issue telling, even if we choose not to go to school, we don't have an issue telling our friends who send their kids to school, oh, if that's for you, do it. Mm -hmm. But the mo we're not all over the internet. I haven't seen anybody all over the internet saying, XYZ University, you are a scam. You told me that if I studied for four years, I would get this, this, and this, and a six-figure job or a job that paid me somewhere between $67,000 and $83,000 a year in my field because I am in demand as, as an astronautical engineer and I can't even get a janitorial job. I haven't seen that on social media. You have not called these schools out. Mm. But you join a program like a David Shands and you commit to the terms of the payment, and then you choose to do nothing with it, and suddenly now, it's a problem. That's a fact. Yo, speaking of which, and I, I want to get I want to get your perspective on this. I want to get your perspective, okay? This would be a very interesting conversation. I was having it with uh, my mentor, Tony Abrams. And uh, let me ask you, do you... Um, the, the current curriculum in schools, right? Do you think the curriculum 
do you think is a good curriculum? What do you think about what they're teaching in schools? Um, so my daughter is in school for marketing. I want to say, it's like grade school. Oh, grade school. Yeah. So here's what I think. Here's what I think as an adult now. If I have another kid, is the kid going to school? Yes. Why? Because it's really, it's limited. It's like nothing you can do about that, sure, right? And it's illegal not to go. It's illegal to not or send your kids have to school. To, you'd have to teach them. And, and yeah. right. So <laughs> what I think <laughs> about school is, I look at school and I say, these kids spend six to nine hours a day in school. Mm. They come home with homework. We are training kids at a very early age. We're training kids at a very, and I built my business this way because of this. I just posted about this. We're training kids at a very early age that it takes all day to do work. Mm -hmm. And then you go home and you're still thinking about that work. Oh, that's deep. Right? It takes all day to learn your ABCs. And then you're going to go home and you're going to do more work about your ABCs. And then you're going to have very little time to spend with your family. And before you know it, it's going to be bedtime and you wake up the next day and then you get a break. And we should be excited about the Saturday and Sunday that we get as a break. I think very early on that way back in the day, the powers that be understood that there needs to be workers. Mm -hmm. We have to start we don't need to convince people to be workers. We need to teach them to be workers. Mm -hmm. When do we teach them to be workers? As early as they're able to speak. Mm -hmm. So that we got all these people who are constantly in a, in, a, in, a, in a revolving model, right? You've got all these recurring students coming into your, into your funnel mm -hmm. that are going to grow up and they're not going to question an eight-hour workday because they had a six- to nine-hour school day. Facts great perspective. That's what I think about what's being taught. And then we're going to teach them silly things. We're going to teach them silly things. <laughs> because we're going to write like the Pythagorean theorem. We're going to teach them about pie charts that they'll hardly ever use. We're not going to separate them and say, this one is really creative, while this one is very detailed. We're not going to start training them toward careers very early on. We're going to take all these kids who learn very differently and teach them the same thing and expect them to do well on that same test. Yeah. So what, what do you think needs to be taught in schools? I think we should be paying more to... I, th I think just based on my experience as a parent, you notice things about your kid. Mm. You know that your child is funny. You know that your child is really into the details. You know that your child can take apart dolls and microwaves and put it back together. I think that we need to be assessing kids for their natural born abilities because it shows as early as they're able to start moving around and speaking, we pick up on things. Like my mom tells me, uh, Nitra, I knew that you were going to be an effective communicator since you were three years old. Mm. Well, when I went to school... I should have been on a path to further develop me as a communicator if that's what you thought. So I think we should be assessing students and helping them to tell us what they need more of. Because I didn't need A squared plus that's, B squared equals C squared. But assessing the students individually? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... You, I mean, and what if we're assessing them in terms of putting them on a path that will let her later change? Then change it. Here's here's this was this was the 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 concept that he gave me. So it was like really it made me think. 
I know what you're thinking. How the heck do you make money from a podcast? Is David just doing this podcast because he likes it or there's a heavily monetized strategy attached to it? Well, it's both. I really love talking and interviewing people and getting free game from really successful people. But also, um, this is a seven-figure podcast. I'm telling you right now, there's so much money in podcasting and we're early in the space. I really feel like it's 2009 and I'm telling you to buy Bitcoin. I'm right now telling you to start podcasting because in five, 10 years, it's skyrocketing. Those are the names that are going to be the ones who have the voices in our world, the ones that start a podcast right now, okay? So I put together everything I know about podcasting in an easily digestible program, okay? So go to podcastersblueprint.com and you know I got to give you all some love, okay? Enter code SOCIALPROOF. I'm taking 20% off so you can get your voice heard, all right? So this podcast that you're loving and enjoying, there's other people that's going to love and enjoy yours too, okay? Podcastersblueprint.com. Let's get back to the episode. That um, if we started teaching entrepreneurship and financial literacy in schools early, our economy would crash. Said, um, because if we trained everyone to be, and maybe he didn't say it this way, but this is how I received it. If we trained everyone to be financially literate and entrepreneurs, there would be no employees. And who's going to work for people? And the people who work for people are what keep our economy afloat. So Mm -hmm. there's a a bunch of people who go make, they understand it. They've cracked the code. They understand it. And then they hire people who haven't cracked the code necessarily. But those people that they hire is what allows them to do some sort of work to make money, to keep everything afloat. But if everybody started a business, everyone was an entrepreneur, our economy would grow. We see what's happening now. Yeah, I don't think we should teach that. I don't, I, don't think that I don't think that highlighting someone's gift at an early age is automatic. You're going to be an entrepreneur. Mm. It may be that I was really great in communications and I'm a professional speech writer for the president. Or whatever the case may be. So I don't, I don't talk trash about employment because I need employees. But check this out. What if everyone learned, not even employ entrepreneurship or business, whatever. If everybody learned about financial literacy, then there would be no overdraft fees. And then the bank wouldn't make as much money. They can't pay the employees to be there. Those overdraft fees fund the economy. Or like there will be no one. Uh, 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 one, maybe you would be out of a job. No, I don't, I don't know that I agree with that business. because there's still... And I'm not saying whether I agree or not. It's just a good conversation. It is a conversation, but there are still going to be other factors to determine. Like, everybody can get the same opportunity, but not everybody is going to receive the information. Mm-hmm. You're still going to have people who learn differently. You're going to have people yeah. who don't show up. You're going to have people who are dealing with all kinds of stress and mental health issues based on how they're being up, brought up in their family. You're going to have people from different neighborhoods. You're going to have schools teaching the same information on a much lesser quality of information. So I don't necessarily agree that it would destroy the economy because there are still human factors involved. Only a few, regardless, are going to rise to the top. I mean, it's just like we all go to school and we learn our ABCs and then you still have grown people who can't read and write. But let's say the large majority of people understand how money works. But that's never going to happen. They're not. Only because it's not being taught from Even a child. Even if we teach it, it's no. never going to happen. I think, yo, I think 
Okay, so look at it, look at it like this. There are some things that are happening with, um, I'm sure people on your team, people on my team, mm -hmm. being around it long enough, you get it. Mm -hmm. And it becomes a way of life. You stop, you stop thinking that this little bit of money is a lot of money. Right. It changes your whole mindset. Mm -hmm. No one would, if it, you can't pay somebody $10 an hour when they understand how to make money, make their money grow. The, lar the large majority. If everybody learned what these successful families were teaching their children, in school, like everybody learned it, it would be flipped. It'd be like 90% are people who understand and get it, and 10% are people who maybe have these health issues, mental health issues or whatever that just can't figure out how to earn. So again, I'm not, I'm not, it's, it, it was it was just a, a, a thought-provoking conversation we were having. Yeah. And I'm like, dang, we talk about how bad schools are, or we shouldn't, but did someone figure out we have to train people to be workers and then the few that really go out and have the ambition to figure it out will rise to the top yeah. and hire the people who never figure it out? Yeah. I mean, I, I think our school should be more focused on practical application of gifts and skills. Like, okay. actually teach me. I don't, the things that, I, that we're learning in college or the things that kids are learning in trade schools could be taught in primary school. You want to be a hairstylist? We've got the cosmetology division. Like, we used to have home ec. Mm -hmm. They got rid of home ec. Why? I don't know, <laughs> right? But think of how many other Chef Beasley's there could be with the home economics department. That's good. So, back to, so, do anybody, nobody here is a barber, right? Or hairstylist? You a barber? Do you go to the barbershop? I've been to barbershop in almost 10 years. Right. So let's say there's a class that teaches people how to cut their own hair. Everybody, you're learning to be a barber or a hairstylist. Typically, a barber is not going to a barbershop, meaning barbershops close. A nail tech, probably, for the most part, in like, let's just say, like, I, I don't know if nail techs go to nail techs. They do, and hairstylists go to hairstylists. Not all the time. Yo, I know some hairstylists, like, if they got to go, they're going to knock that thing out, right? But if you don't know how to do hair at all, you're not even making plans until you go to the stylist. Mm -hmm. So there will be a lot less stylists. Well, I if think... Everybody, if everybody was taught to use their gift, is that a healthy thing for our economy? I think that if we were actually teaching that, then there are other lessons that would support it that would make sure that there are still workers and there are still leaders. The yeah. entire curriculum would have to change. So we teach people, once you tap into that thing that you're amazing at, and then you start to understand business, you can be successful, yes? Mm -hmm. So if schools were teaching people how to tap into their gift and they were teaching financial literacy, that's, just, that's from a child you're learning this in the track, that is the makings of a very, very successful person. Could be. But if everybody is on the same path, that is, it, it sounds crazy, but failure fuels our economy. Let me get some, I would love for your perspectives on this. Failure anybody, fuels okay. our economy. Is, go ahead. We just go to, the, go to the microphone. I would just love to hear the perspective. So. Introduce yourself. 
Is it on? I'm good? Uh, yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Derek Wood, a.k.a. my barbecue man. I believe that you when you got a gift, mm-hmm. right? And every, I think everybody got a gift, right? Yep. Money, resources, wealth is attracted to your gift. For sure. Right? Because your gift is solving a problem. 100%. So the more problems you solve, the more valuable you become. Yep. Right? When you, when you think about it, right? When you look at Joseph in the Bible, right? He was... He was locked up in jail, but he had a gift. They didn't even know his name, yep. but they needed his gift to interpret dreams. 100%. That gift took him to be the second in command in Egypt. Cool. Let me ask you a question. Okay. What if everybody had that gift? But everybody don't. We That's all, what I'm saying. Everybody has different gifts. The reason, the reason everybody, everybody does have different gifts, and I say the large majority never, ever tap into it. Would you agree? I agree that people don't. But what don't. if everybody tapped into the, the? What if the large majority did tap into their gift? Then there's... The second in command isn't as special because any of these people could be second in command. Any of these people could be first in command. But think about the... Because you talked... You, you had two parts. You had your gift and you had financial literacy. Exactly. The barter system came about Right? Because when you, like, basic economics, they teach you one fish, two fish, then somebody built the net, then you took the net, right? And Mm -hmm. so now money is not issue because the current, now we're exchanging gifts and everybody, somebody just took the time, delayed gratification, they built their gifts up, and now they have something more valuable. Mm -hmm. You kill the whole economy system if we all start using our gifts and we start bartering again. I feel, I feel, so your, so your suggestion is to tap into that so that the barter yeah, continues. Yeah, the yeah. barter, we go back to the barter system. Wisest man to ever live, wealthiest man say your gift makes room for you. Okay. All right, cool. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Okay. That that's good, good, good that perspective. Good. What's up? That's, what's, what's going on? What's, what's going on? You? Yeah, so I'm um, produced by Pac on um, Instagram. So um, just kind of expound, I personally feel that um, just because, like, let's say you said hairstylists go to other hairstylists. But the thing is, we also pay for convenience as well. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to, like, um, even even at the uh, at your kiosk or whatever, you can't be at the kiosk because you have other things that you have to do, right? Mm-hmm. So just because I'm able to um, actually we have the same type of thing, we still can exchange value in some type of way. And even think about it as this, right? The Alabama football team, right? They have tons of talent on this football team, yep. but they wait in line because they play a certain role within their society. Mm-hmm. So you had literally three first-round picks on the same team. You had Matt Jones, uh, the, the starting quarterback for uh, Tua, for uh, the, the Dolphins. Three first-round trips. Right, right, right. So, yeah, but- and they all sat behind each other because they, they understood what the, the role of the team needed. So even though people may be having, they have gifts, be able to... Uh, actually utilize everybody when you have a, a certain goal that you're trying to reach. Okay. Good stuff. I, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. What say you? What say you? All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you, finally, you asked for it, and we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So... It's about that time. We put together a Patreon. We put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So even this podcast we're listening to right now, there needs to be conversation. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear what you got. Like, let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect, connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships. Okay, so... 
Check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. Um, the support is um, the support is appreciated. Okay, thank you so much. Now back to the episode. So I honestly agree with Donnie that it's so many other factors that's included on a human level to where I don't think it'll be like a killing the economy. Somebody already brought up the barter service. Even me in business now, I can, in one of my businesses, I can hire somebody as a full-time employee, but I choose to contract. So they're able to take their gifts, talents, what they're good at, and they don't have to just place them all in my pot. They can expound and go do the same thing for someone else. Um, I like that idea better. Financial literacy, the schools don't change their curriculum <laughs> that often. So I think just the basics would be good to have in school, mandatory, and it'll help like basic adult living life things. But as far as everybody's going to be the next financial guru, no, because even algebra, we all took an algebra class and half failed, half passed, and now we're adults and don't nobody know what's going on with algebra. Gotcha. Okay? okay. And I'm a homeschooling mom, so. I love it. I love it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. What you got? Good afternoon. I'm blessing destiny. So really quick, people just, human nature, I think, plays a major role. People just mess things up. We had Adam. (laughs) We had Eve. They had everything. They couldn't want anything more. We still ate from the tree. It's just what we're going to do. So everyone goes to school. Everyone goes to grade school. Does everyone finish? So if we teach everyone financial literacy, is everyone going to use it? It's just human nature that we're not going to all use the skills, whether you're um, presented with it or not. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, cool. I like it. Yeah. We got a major play coming. Do we? Yeah. What? Oh, yes, we do. Whatever. I'm I was gonna... I was caught in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I was caught in the moment. I was thinking about that. But we yes, have I... a major play that is going to allow us to do this part, to do our part in our lifetime. But you know what allows us to this. do it, though? What's that? What allows us to do what we're doing is the current educational structure. Yes, for sure. For sure. But yeah. we would have opportunities if that ex- if that education structure changed, we would just shift our concept. Yeah. I th- well, so moral of this story for me is um, raising your kids and teaching them what's not being taught in school automatically gives them a huge upside because the re- the reason why this works in terms of, and I- I'm going to be, it's my job to pour as much into, like this, we got a brand new start of um, a baby. Corey's 11 years old, so she's learning now entrepreneurship because her mom wasn't an entrepreneur, but she's learning it now and I'm trying to let her figure out what she likes. I'm just supporting whatever. Whatever she's into, I just support it, mm-hmm. right? It's not even a, you keep changing your mind thing, right? So if you are talking to your kid and they're doing something and they're like, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do something else. I've seen a lot of parents try to force their kids to be consistent, which I, yeah. I'm not mad at that. It's just, I'm, I'm allowing my daughter to start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, in hopes that she, she realizes, okay, I need to like stick to something, right? Mm-hmm. Or you just explore, right? But um, let's say Sarai, she's seven months now. She has no idea what's going on in the world. The fact that I'm going to be teaching her everything, like teaching her how to think, how to move, teaching her about money, teaching her about entrepreneurship, teaching her about herself, all the things that school isn't teaching her, 
I believe that's going to make her a lot more advanced than other kids, becoming more successful, but only because she has an advantage over the people who's not being taught it. That is why there are certain families who dominate from an economic standpoint and even a leadership standpoint for hundreds and hundreds Mm -hmm. of years. Because someone went out and did something successfully, created some type of notoriety uh, for themselves, and they started to have children and they teach Mm -hmm. the children things. And then those children teach children. Now, there was, especially in the baby boomer to now generation, there was a transition, though, of people who had a certain level of success relying solely on the school system to educate their children. Mm -hmm. And so you see a lot now of companies that were successful 100 years ago or people or families that were successful. Now their kids in our generation are selling their companies because we don't understand how to run business. Why? Because you may have been established in success, but you didn't take the time to teach your children. And so when you're passing them the reins, they don't get what that work looks like. They don't get what that sacrifice looks like because you were too busy. So I think if there's one lesson that I have to insert here is as an entrepreneur or as a person, period, who is achieving some type of success, you're learning, you're becoming knowledgeable, information that are life principles. Don't Don't be too busy to teach your kids. Because somebody has to continue on that part of the legacy. Somebody has to spread that information or we will be working so hard for our kids to one day say, I want no parts of this, sell it completely undervalued so I can go and buy a car. (laughs) (laughs) Failure truly uh, fuels the economy. You know what? And okay, and we we can bring this thing full circle, full surface, full circle, right? Definitely. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. 
How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code Big Deal. It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listen to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you... No, right now, yet, you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal. That triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal um what we're being taught about a man's role and a woman's role in school mm-hmm creates the conversation that we were having last week. Last week. About how women don't get... It's almost like you're naturally... Dang, I'm, I'm that too. So if there's, a man, if there's a husband and wife and we're talking about business, I think, me personally, this might be twisted in my thinking, but I'm guessing that I would think the man handles the finances. You're not supposed to say that out loud. I'm just being real on a podcast. So there's something in my brain that says that the man is the head of the household. You think of head of the household. You don't just think, you don't just think of, you know, the one that makes, you know, the decisions. You think of the breadwinner, right? We think of, when you think of a single parent, how often does a sing, like a dad and a child pop up in your mind? Never. When you think of like the bread, when you say, yo, I'm, this person is the breadwinner, the, the image in your head is a man. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think it's not Beasley's fault. Yo, listen, y'all know I am really, really big on investing in myself. I've been investing in myself all year and it just seems like the more I invest in myself, the more money I make. No cap. One of the best investments I've made, though, was joining Nehemiah Davis's Inner Circle Mastermind Group, okay? In that group, there's so many other people who have been who have built businesses outside of the group that when you get in this room, it's all high-level individuals. But you leave with a network, you understand in this group, marketing, digital marketing. But he's doing a five-day challenge. Five-day challenge on how to build a digital business online. Now, 
I paid $40,000 to be in this group, but he's doing his five-day challenge for freaking pennies. But go to thedigitalbusinesschallenge.com. What you're going to walk away with is the whole system on how he's building an eight-figure empire online, okay? So, so thedigitalbusinesschallenge.com. See you in a minute. So... <laughs> he was talking to me. When it comes to, like, a man's role and a woman's role or the way that they are seen, you know the woman always being two steps behind the man or beside you, but not as equal to you as she should be. Or even when it comes to like head of household and single. And I think that a lot of these systems and and principles are outdated. Yes. I believe that they were created back at a time by higher ups, organizations, people, government, Mm -hmm. who wanted to find a way to classify people to control them, to make money, to identify them. And back in the day, you couldn't get a divorce, right? So typically, the woman was the homemaker. She buried the children. She kept the house. You couldn't get a divorce. Well, it just, it was really frowned upon, heavily frowned upon to get a divorce. I think there was even a time when divorce was illegal. Now it's cool. Yeah, there was a time. (laughs) Yeah, get out of there. They, They did what? Yeah, I believe that at a time, divorce was illegal, and then it was just heavily frowned upon. Um, and so you had women who were not allowed to be in certain ro- roles at the time outside of being a parent or a homemaker. So now we now we involve tax and now we got to classify people. And now as we're evolving, women are getting more rights. And so 70s, 80s, and now it's like, okay, divorce isn't frowned upon so much. Women have rights. They're standing up for themselves. They're leaving. And now we've got to insert this head of household thing and, and stipulate it, you know, differentiate between it because it could be a woman now, now that these women are getting more right, now that women have gotten more rights and things like that. But still, the way that the economy was created, the way that the world was created, the systems that founded our country still are attached to outdated principles that no longer exist today. You no longer have women who are primarily, well, you no, you no longer have women who are only housekeepers. I don't, I don't believe that. No, no, no. I'm, not, I'm saying that they exist. There are still women in those roles. But what I'm saying is that used to be all we could do. Now yeah. that's not the case. Now we're working. We have careers. We're holding down family. And, you know, sometimes in, in, in some instances, making more money than our spouses and things like that. But it's still not an even playing field. It's still not even. I am asked all the time, Donnie, why are you usually the only woman in the room? And sometimes that's true. Sometimes that's not true. Most often, I, I am the only woman in the room. I think... Though, because in our circle, so many women are attached to, so many women, especially powerful women, are also attached to powerful husbands, right? And men tend to, the, there's still this, there's still this system where the men communicate with the men and the women communicate with the women. And I think for me specifically, I grew up in a neighborhood with primarily boys. So I was always playing with boys at an early age. And I, you know, in my family, my best friend was my cousin, a boy. And so I gravitate to the male circle a lot, right? I don't necessarily always gravitate to the female circle because that's just not what I'm accustomed to. So it looks like 
I'm the only woman. And that means it looks like we need more women who are powerful. But there's tons of other women right here in Atlanta who are powerful, even more successful, you know, than but women and men seem to navigate differently. We have events. The men are on one side in their corner in their huddles and the women are on the other side. And I find me like kind of going back and forth because I play with the big boys. Mm. I love the ladies too, but I play with the big boys. I was talking about in last week's episode, when I created my brand, um, it was really important to me to, it was actionable woman. It was really important to me to coach and develop women specifically because I saw this at an early, you know, I saw this early on. I saw that the men did things differently than the women. And ladies, like, stop standing behind these men. Like, you are powerful too. Mm -hmm. And I believe in being a helpmate. I believe in being supportive. But girl, you getting it too. You deserve your right to shine. Women defer the attention and the leadership role to men so much. And this isn't a battle of the sexes. It's just, to me, what we've deserved, what we've earned, Mm -hmm. what we deserve. And so I would see all these women, when we get in relationships, systematically, we tend to figure out how we can support him. How can we support him? Let me help him do his, let me start proofreading his stuff. Let me start helping him with emails. Let me start running these, let me make sure he got this, that, and the other. And it's usually not reciprocated that other way because you're too busy. You're the leader. You're the man of the house. And you're not going to sit behind me and proofread my stuff and send my emails. And so it just doesn't happen. And what ends up happening is whatever that woman had in her mind, whatever her dreams were, is usually a dream deferred. That is not a poem because it's an imaginary thing. It is a thing. It's usually a dream deferred. So I said, I'm going to come in and I'm going to work with women and I'm going to remind you that you are more than a wife. You are more than a mother. You are more than a provider. You are a woman who had a dream. You've decided to defer it, but it's time to wake that dream up now. Let's get it. Mm. And so I had this big group coaching thing and I'm coaching women and I'm pop- and I'm getting a whole lot of hand claps and I'm getting a whole lot of go girls and you make me feel so inspired, but I'm not getting a whole lot of activity and results. Mm. It's like, You're in this call with me. You're in this room with me. And then you go home to your family and you shrink yourself again. So then after years of really trying that, I said, well, maybe if I brought some men into the circle, it would inspire the women. It would motivate them to say, "Okay, I get it now. I can do it, too. Over the years, based on what I have seen in my business only, I'm not speaking about the world, but in my business only, when I track the level of success, massive success that I have seen, it has been predominantly from men. Mm -hmm. A much lesser number from women. Have I helped create several women's success stories? Absolutely. None of this stuff is finite. Now, I'm not speaking in absolutes. I'm just being real with you guys as to what's happening from the data. I don't care how your heart feels and what you think. We're talking about the data, right? The men perform at an obnoxiously higher rate than the women. And it's always like we're waiting for them to go first. We're waiting for them to do it or You know, I'm looking back at the notes in my CRM about why somebody has fallen off. And it's never, it has been a couple of times, but it's usually not from a man that, well, my spouse wasn't really allowing me to do it. But with women, it's like, well, he wasn't really feeling it and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or, and it's not just a man thing. It's just, what is it? What have we been programmed for as women? 
And why are they, why is there like now, now women are, there is a small group of women who are being deprogrammed from the systematic thinking that says, I can't have it all. I can't be an amazing wife to a leading man without making him feel insecure. I can't be a mom and a powerful CEO without experiencing the mom guilt of maybe sometimes being a little too busy. I can't be out here and be a boss amongst other men without looking a little, little hoish. What is this that causes it to be that way? And why aren't more of us breaking free? Because I'm going to have it all. I'm going to have the bomb man. I'm a bomb parent. I'm going to still run in the circles that I want to work in. Work in. You are my competition in a friendly way. Period. Yeah. I think that um, we still, in, in terms of women and, and opportunities and how we are respected, the levels, the rooms that we are invited to, I still believe that there is a huge, huge difference. A huge difference. I wouldn't have been invited into half the rooms I'm invited into if you weren't my best friend. True. I have been invited into rooms after people have seen a demonstration of what it is that I can do. I have gone into other rooms. I was invited into rooms in other cultures before I was invited into circles in our own based on me demonstrating that I'm really that chick. But now I'm walked into rooms because I'm attached to you. You know what's wild, too? It doesn't really work the other way around. It's not as easy for you to bring me into a circle Mm-mm. as it is for me to bring you into a circle. Yep. And I'm guessing I'm understanding through um, your rant respectfully. It was a really good rant. But I'm I'm understanding. No, 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 it was good. I said respectfully after it. It automatically (laughs) becomes respectful. (laughs) Respectfully. No, but um, I'm starting to understand um, there are major differences in terms of being a, a... I know when I bring you in a room, people are going to be attracted to you based on the way you look first before you open your mouth, Mm -hmm. right? And then you open your mouth, you know, like you you talk that talk that men talk. Yeah. And they become attracted to you. Mm-hmm. And then I see the biggest problem is, okay, now, okay, I'm accepted. I'm in this room. They understand I'm a boss, but they're still going to look at you as opportunity. Yes. And I can imagine that being hard. Because once someone, ex- once someone accepts me for what I bring to the table... They're only looking at me as for the thing that I bring to the table. It's no, like, other ulterior motive. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine it's stressful, you dealing that and knowing that. Mm-hmm. Knowing that more often than not, what got you in the room is the opportunity that somebody else sees in you, meaning the way you look and what, how far they can take it. But then you get in the room and, like me, I talk my stuff and yada, yada, yada. And so I'm in the room now because I deserve it, but staying in the room could go one of two ways. And then you have so many women who are experiencing that who are wives and and insignificant relationships who men understand that that's how other men treat you. And so now I don't want you in those rooms. So for me, for a long time, I had trouble dating because 
there were men who were insecure about me being in these rooms because you've been in the room, you know what goes on in the room. So now it's, do I choose the room or my relationship? Well, if I choose my relationship, I still need to be in the room. So now I'm, re- I'm, I'm resentful of the relationship. That's wild, too. It literally just happened the other day when we, went to, uh, we was out at that brunch. And I think you were talking about some stuff and you were on your live and I was going to come over like to where you were. But something in my head said, I don't want these men to think that we're together and it creates some sort of wedge between an operation. Because in their mind, they're thinking, okay, she came with Dave. Did she come with him? Mm-hmm. Are they together? And I'm, this is, it's just another weird factor in the room. And if you got something to say, you just come to the mic. Um, there's, there's another weird factor in the room of, okay, what is, what is the relationship with this person? I always, 100% of the time, have to over-explain my relationship with you. It can't just be two dope entrepreneurs who connected and are now brother and sister. I always have to over-explain my relationship. And it's not just with you. I just always feel the need to over-explain my relationship. That's wild. Because nobody else has to do that. Like, Joe doesn't have to do that. Mm-mm. You get in a room with Neo or Marcus, you don't have to give the whole backstory about yeah. how it started. <laughs> right. Right. That's my man. Nobody's asking, how does your wife feel about you being friends with Neo? Yeah. But I get it all the time. I mean, the podcast comments in the beginning were just nasty about what people thought our relationship was because I couldn't just deserve to be in the seat. Yo, so my man just got married this past... Sunday. Sunday, yeah. So Tommy and and Chris. uh, Shout out to Tommy and Chris. Chris is a woman, by the way. But Chris started working with me. She was running... You got to clear stuff up. She she started... uh, working with me first. Like she's doing like social media management stuff. And then I'm partnered with Tommy. And I'm like, all right, well, I think I want to go a different direction with my social media, man, my, my social media. So I actually connect her with Tommy, right? To run his social media. Now, Tommy doesn't know that Chris is a woman. Mm. He's like, oh, Chris is going to do your social media. They never like talked on the phone. It was like more text. We introduce each other. And um, I, I just thought about this, too, because I was at the wedding, and he's explaining the story. Mm-hmm. So Tommy's like, yeah, um, so Dave and Chris were going out, and I had to say, whoa, no, no, we wasn't. We were going out to a place. And he's like, yeah, they were going out to a place in the whole room. Yeah. They were up, like, oh, well, good save, good catch, right? But he reminded me of the way they actually connected. So I'm about to have a meeting with Chris, but... I called Tommy and said, yo, I want you to come with me to this meeting. And it wasn't to be a part of the meeting, but it, it doesn't look right me going out to any lunch, any restaurant with another woman. That's not my wife. Gotcha. The only reason I brought Tommy is almost chaperonish, like just almost just to be there for the aesthetics. So if Chris had some real meaningful stuff to talk to me about, and maybe it was personal business stuff or whatever, she wouldn't have had the opportunity because of the fact that I can't just sit with her. That makes sense? So it worked out. He came, and, you know, they're obviously married right now. Yeah. So um, and so that's, that's one marriage on my belt. You know what I mean? I'm waiting on you, Donnie. 
<laughs> okay, hurry up and you know what I mean. Let me get my <laughs> let me get my second connection. For you, matchmaker. But, but yeah, the, I, I guess there is a big um, wedge or dynamic in a man connecting business with women or women just being in business. Period. Mm-hmm. That's got to suck to be a woman, man. From that perspective, being a woman is amazing. But from that perspective, yeah, th- we yeah, can't just go out and build business. It's not just that. And we got to think about every move. We got to think mm-hmm. about what we wear. Like somebody made a comment on the podcast. Um, I wore a dress that was beneath my knees. And somebody in the comment said, and they had a bunch of people supporting this comment. I like that dress on you, Donnie. Thank you for considering Dave with your attire. I'm sorry, what? What do they mean by that? Basically saying, you know, like, because I'll get comments that says, I show too much cleavage or my dress is too tight and I shouldn't sit next to a married man. The married man shouldn't sit next to me. Like, stop playing with me, people. Oh, you look like a little Jezebel. I look like a little Jezebel. (laughs) But it's just, women are perceived differently, even when, you know, when before people realize that I'm single but in a relationship, it was... Donnie is never going to find a man because she's too bossy and she she's too much of a leader and she's never going to be able to tone it down a little bit for a man. Why is it never a man is never going to be able to why why instead is the conversation wow hopefully there is a man who can handle that kind of woman. Why mm-hmm. is it the woman has to tone down who she is? Why do I have to shrink myself to accommodate what you think I'm supposed to be? And we got to stop it. What people think women are supposed to be, just squash that thought process because it's person to person, it's situation to situation. Mm -hmm. And what we have to do is be respectful. That's a fact. But I don't have to shrink myself to make you feel comfortable. Not in business, not in friendship, not in romance. And you met your match, too, because both of y'all, neither one of y'all be shrinking. We ain't shrinking. We're about to, we are two really big people. Bosses. We are two big bosses, yeah. two giants who going to boss this thing out together. Like, nobody's shrinking. Mm. And it's not even an expectation. Yeah. We're both big. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a, yeah, you definitely <laughs> met your match. Well, look, man, um, are we, anybody got anything to say real quick? I think Beast wrap it up. Go ahead, Beast. No, I actually agree. Everything Donnie's saying because uh, look at Donnie. Now he's looking at me. Eddie can't even agree. Eddie agrees with something like that. He can't do it now. Now Donnie, look at Beasley. Beasley, look at Donnie. All right. But now I will say this: my wife, she's super dope, and she has helped me tremendously. And I think we as men, we have to be willing to change the narrative because without my wife, so so much stuff would have been terrible. Mm-hmm. And she has helped me change my way of thinking, my perspective of what women do, not only in the household, but as in business as well. And I think that's where us as men, we're lacking. Mm-hmm. We're lacking that change. Like, I'm okay with, like right now my wife, she got a little part-time job at uh, Eyeglass Place. She wants to just get out the house. So when I leave here, I got to get the kids from school, have them homework, cook, work on the business. And I have no problem with that. Some of the men be like, no, nah, I'm not doing all that. That's, that's what a woman's supposed to do. But over time, she's helped me grow. Mm-hmm. And my way of changing and the way of thinking our different roles, even in business, I was going to put a bio on the website. She was like, no, nah, that ain't good enough. I'm like, baby, it's fine. Just put it on there. She went off. She's like, no, I want the best for you. This is this and that. And I'm just Aww. like, 
All right. So I had to put my pride to the side. Like, well, she really want the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. The old me was like, nah, you tripping. But I, I had to really pay attention to what she was saying, paid attention to her love language. And psh, hanging around Jeremy, you really going to love oh, your yeah, wife. Sure. You know what I mean? But Absolutely. I think that is something that's important. We as men, we have to tap into, like, really letting that pride go. Like, hey, I told my wife, hey, you, I call my wife the boss. Like, yeah. talk to my wife. She, she doing it. Like, I, think, I, mean? I think our systems were put in place. You can come on up. I think our systems were put in place by a bunch of white men with egos. And it has evolved and attached and just grew wings over time. And we got to get rid of this notion of what a woman is supposed to do and what a man is supposed to do, right? In a relationship, everybody's like, oh, the man is supposed to take out the trash and blah, 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 blah. If the, he's supposed to do that if that's y'all's dynamic. I've been single for a long time. If there was some trash to be taken out, I took the trash out. So for me now to just expect that this... no. No, I don't anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, no, I say, if there is trash, like it, there's just a <laughs> dynamic. If you walk past the trash and the trash needs to be taken out, as a woman, you're all supposed to be, also supposed to be really clean and feminine. Yeah, this, this ain't a man woman. I, this is just you Dottie, know, this is like, just, just take you out the trash. You ever go out to eat with Dottie? Trash. You ever went out to eat with Dottie? Like she's not gonna touch a plate. That never mind. Go ahead. Finish the story. Sorry. Anyway, we we just gotta shake this concept of a woman is supposed to shrink herself. And we also, on the flip side, another conversation for another episode, we have to stop putting so much pressure on men to be these big, powerful, supernatural forces. We are human beings learning together. And the only thing that we're supposed to be doing is what works for our dynamic. Society doesn't stipulate who pays the bills or takes out the trash in my house. We do. Yeah, okay. I would love to see you take out the trash, though. I have to. Well, who do you think took out the trash for well, all the well, years before? To, you, I, you grab a napkin and wrap the, nap, the, the napkin around the cup before you grab the cup. I do. Then, I do, but right. that's my trash. <laughs> and the trash chute is right across the hall, so it's an easy thing for me. I don't want to see the process. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, this this has been a great dialogue. I think it's good because people don't see what's there. They really see what they've been programmed to see, mm. right? And so a That's lot right. of the systems or the way people have been brought up has been taken out of context, right? Take, for example, because when your pretext is wrong, your context, and then there's always a misconception to things. Mm. Like even with the thing when we say the man is the head of the house, right? When you look at, when you go back, and you really study Greek and all this other stuff, you really learn that it's not really the head like the top, but it's like the cornerstone, the headstone. Builders, when they used to build, and so that meant the man was really the foundation, mm -hmm. right? Because now if the roof got cracked, the roof is easy to fix. But if the foundation gets broken, right, then everybody got to come out because the whole building, it was condemned. That's heavy. Right? So when That's you look big. at a relationship, we're talking about relate, you got to relate to your ship, right? And so when you get in your ship, it's all on, and that communication is that central bond is, and it's that foundation, right? So when you come in there, but our concepts is wrong. It's almost like when your computer gets all this malware, you got to almost wipe the whole hard drive clean, yeah. and then you got to reprogram it with the original software. And so... You know, it's not based on you, Donnie. You continue to be who you are, and it don't matter who everybody else is when they're in their room because they can't shrink you down because you got a lion mentality. Mm -hmm. When you walk in a room, you reduce an elephant to lunch each and every time. Mm -hmm. You better pop your 
I love it. I love it. So I want to bring this full circle and really just say we do need more women in the room. Facts. And it's not because there are not women that are qualified already to be in the room. It's because it's not as easy for us to get in the room based on merit alone without all these other factors. Sis, get in the room. Connect with somebody who will help you get in that room. And when you're in that room, stand on the merit and not anything else. You don't have to flaunt your body or your looks or anything else. You walk in that room like you own that room. I walk in the room like I own it. I don't walk in the room like I don't belong here, ever. And men, we have to start creating more opportunities and saying, you know what? There should be more women in the room. Let us be intentional about making sure that we help these women get in the room. Absolutely. Real quick. Go, I, no, I can't say it real quick because it's the woman. Like, go, do you, you think it's time? I can sis. say it, though. Go. Real quick, real quick. <laughs> I just wanted to share really quickly. Um, I can relate totally with the dialogue here. I came out running um, after high school, multi-million dollar businesses managing, um, taking care of uh, family members and managing, helping them build their businesses. Um, I got married and um, with society's, like you said, expectations of what a woman should be. Um, you start to get um, a little bit um, discouraged mm-hmm. by getting the door slammed in your face often by being the only female in the boardroom with a bunch of white people and only one other brother. That starts to play with your mind. Um, For me, personally, with my relationship, um, I decided about maybe 15 years ago to step step aside and allow my husband to take the reins, right? And I noticed that um, some some of my needs were not met in reference to wanting to get out there and and, and explore in the business in in the business world, right? Um, it takes communication to determine where you want your relationship to be, mm-hmm. right? So I woke up one day and I realized this is not the life that I want to live, right? It's not the uh, 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 downing myself and dumbing myself down and shrinking myself to fit into society's expectation of myself and also my husband's expectation of myself. Mm. So I think it takes a courage and it takes communication to put yourself out there and understand that there's uh, something more for you, right? My husband, you can tell that sometimes he gets a little um, intimidated when I go into certain rooms, but he knows that um, my, I'm not going to say my dominance, but he knows because of my personality, I'm not going to allow him to uh, deter me from walking into the rooms that I need to walk into in order to get our family and our business where it needs to be. So I think that it it starts with communication, Mm -hmm. right? It's very important to have that understanding of where you want your relationship to be, Mm -hmm. right? Mm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. We That's appreciate really good. it. Good stuff. Um, I think it's a healthy dialogue. And like uh, Donnie said, yes, we need more women and we do need men. Um, because if, if we understand the system is, men are going to be more respected in business, just how culture or society says it. It's our responsibility to walk certain women, women in and uplift. That's why I'm always going to say Donnie is the best coach in the world. Um, because she deserves to be respected. And it, it's, it means more 
right now when I say it versus another woman, another woman, because another woman says it, oh, it's just a sister thing. But like, I respect you as a business person. Mm -hmm. So it's our responsibility. Almost like when there were kind of like the, the racial divides back in the day. Yeah. We needed those people from the other culture to say, yo, this person knows what they're talking about. Right. Right. We we have that responsibility. So let's just uh we got we got we got to uh, pay some bills. Donnie, you want to go first since it's uh Women's just, Month for the episode. <laughs> Save the best for last. No, please take charge. <laughs> yes, let me lead. All right. So this episode is mm, this episode is brought to you. Did you change your energy just now? <laughs> what was that? Well, because let me tell you what I've done differently this week. Okay. This is good. This week. This is going to be good. I have launched a coaching challenge. Mmm. Mmm. I want to, I asked a couple of weeks ago on my Instagram page if there were people who really wanted to develop themselves as a coach or a consultant, if there are people who feel like they know something or have a skill set that could help the masses get a result. There's so many people who belong in this information industry who could be making a full-time career out of it, but they just don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. And there are people right now who maybe have an idea of where to start, but they want to go further faster. So I have created a challenge where I'm going to be working with a limited number of individuals for about five days. Mm. And I am really going to help you get your coaching business launched. I can't wait. I'm actually going to tap into that. You're going to tap in? I'm going to tap into that. You guys can go right to my Instagram page and tap the link in my bio. Okay? It's going to be the Coach's Clarity Workshop. Launch your coaching business. And this is going to only be for action takers. This is only for action takers. Right? We, we've got the wait list open right now. As soon as the space becomes available, you'll be able to actually convert over to an actual participant. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, super excited. I've been working on this for a long time. I'm excited. Yes, 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 yes. So we got that going on. And then as usual, we also have a post to pay. So did you know? I didn't. (laughs) Oh, no, it's too early. Did I know what? Okay. Did you know that I have created the only live community that exists Mm For entrepreneurs who provide a service, whether you're a coach, consultant, course creator, or you help someone get a transformation with a strategy that will help them not be so overwhelmed with posting their content. What? Yeah, that's what I did. It's called Post to Pay. Tell me more. So, (laughs) one of the biggest reasons that entrepreneurs find themselves not getting enough exposure is because they don't know how to showcase themselves on social media. They're really gifted in their skill set or their talent, but they suck at connecting with people online. That is so true. That is so true. So I created Post to Paid, which is where I will send you three text messages directly to your phone every single day. It's exactly what you post word for word. You mean to tell me, you tell me what to post? I tell you what to post. Oh my gosh. That is How do I sign up? All you have to do is text me the words post to paid to 404-737-2767. And it's $37 a month. You don't say. I do say. That's literally $1.23 a day. I can afford that easily to help my business. Easily.
easily. So you should just text me the words post to pay to 404-737-2767 and get started on your journey to creating content that actually connects. I'm going to take action right now. Right now. This episode is also sponsored by the Podcasters Blueprint. Ooh. They've been trying to figure out how this whole podcasting works, Donnie. Mm-hmm. So I sat down for months okay. mapping out exactly what is needed. Then I took an entire day. I'm talking about more like morning to night. Mm-hmm. Am I lying, Joe? Morning to night. What were you doing from morning to night? Packaging professionally. Mm. Everything I figured out over the last couple of years that I started scheduling out for the last couple of months. And I took all of that in a day and really laid it out. Everything to start, grow, and monetize. I got nine ways to monetize a podcast. What? Nine ways? Nine whole ways. It's not a game. Most people didn't know that there's one way to monetize. But nine? There's a whole nine, but there's more. There's so many different ways to expand and grow your voice that will automatically bring the money in, even if I didn't teach you the money. Part. So you need to go to podcastersblueprint.com. Use the promo code social proof. You'll get a very special social proof discount. Social proof is the promo code podcastersblueprint.com. Can I go now? You can go right now. Right now. I'm going to take immediate action. Take immediate action. Congratulations on taking a chance on yourself and investing in yourself. Thank you. There it is. So that concludes our Social Proof <laughs> Podcast episode. This is really, this is really, really good. Uh, we're going to let Donnie close it out because... Um, she deserves to close it out. Thank you, David, for the permission from you. I can't get this thing right, get it? Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, David, for your manly permission for me to do my womanly goodbye. Thank you guys for watching the Social Proof Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the platform. Don't just watch it. Share it and subscribe. And then also do a... Do something different this week. Come to your Instagram page or Facebook or wherever you are and share with us the bar that you like most from this episode. Absolutely. And the next time we go out, I think you should open the door for me. And, and pay the bill. Let's do something different, man. The the roles are reversed now, okay? There's no more... Women don't want to be catered to. They want to boss up. After all of this healthy dialogue... David goes and finds the one unhealthy angle that's gonna start a debate. <laughs> I'm toxic. I, I will open toxic. the door for you <laughs> and I will buy you dinner. Okay, yeah. Lunch, lunch, lunch. I got lunch. I gotta go, you guys. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. <laughs> Bye. David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com